0: It is okay. People will react. There are a percentage of problems. of course, they're going to react to things. You know, natural medicine is natural, but it's still medicine. <laughs> the word is there, medicine. And so they're going to react in different ways. Um, we just have the luxury of having, you know, hundreds of different herbs to choose from. And every problem having four or five, at least five herbs to pick for each single problem. So we know that we can change things up, we can swap things about. And with the supplements, all of the companies make similar supplements that are slightly different. So we've got such a huge array of products in our arsenal. Hello and welcome. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists, and practitioners. This podcast responds directly to your needs, the needs of the practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business and something clinical each week, you'll get the variety you need and enjoy to stay motivated in practice. Hello everybody and welcome to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast and I am of course Geraldine. Now I wanted to talk to you today about an email I got and if you have something that you would like me to go over and talk about then please let me know because I'm more than happy to share the answers with you and of course with all the other podcast listeners. So today I got, it was a message, it wasn't an email actually, Um, I won't read the whole of it, I'll just read the two significant points. It says here, You know, blah. blah. Um, What mindset should I have when a client has not improved, or when a client has unpleasant reactions after treatment? And I thought this is something that affects all of us. And when we first come across this in practice, and on either of these, so the um, the client hasn't improved, can be a multiple. Multiple reasons, and that goes on all the way through your practice. As does reactions after treatment. So I'll take this as a two-part question, and I'll break it down, and um, and let's go through it. And if you've got questions like this that you'd like me answer, like me to answer, please let me know. So the first part: What mindset should I have when a client has not improved? So let's really think about that and break that down. So my mindset when someone hasn't improved is. Did I set the goal or the bar, the goals, too high? Now I always ask when they first come to see me what a client's top three goals are with seeing me. Now sometimes they can be nebulous. Um on the Finding Your Flow webinar I talk about goal setting and I also talk about that in my coaching course and in the graduate mastery program a lot. So the when we set those goals with the client, we need to make sure that they're, you know, they can Keep accountable to them that they're realistic, that they're time framed. All of the things that go with goal setting. So, when we think about what should our mindset be with these um, goals the client has set, we can go back, and we can have a look at them, and were they too nebulous? And one of the often when I ask for three um, top three goals, the first one is you know to get over the bloating or whatever the problem is, and then the other one might be you know acne, whatever the problem is, and then the third one might be be healthy. Now, be healthy is too nebulous. So when we say to our client, perhaps who's got acne or, you know, and we want to change their diet, the be healthy part to change the diet, that might be a bit too nebulous. And so we have to really break it down and create time frames around it so they can understand. And when they still come back to us and they say, oh, I haven't really improved, I haven't really changed. We have to nut down that conversation with them. We have to make sure that we've clearly understood we've, we've understood our first appointment with them and that we're able in the subsequent appointments to say, well, when you first came to see me, you were bloating all the time, your stomach was sticking out and your waist circumference was, I don't know, 100 centimetres. When I saw you last time, you said that you were only bloating after lunch and it had gone by dinner time and your waist circumference had come down by, I don't know, 20 centimetres. I'm making this up. Okay, I'm just giving you an example. So... That means that when we get to that conversation and they say, well, nothing's changed, we can say, well, look, your waist circumference has dropped and dropped. The bloating has reduced. What else hasn't changed? The acne is still there, okay? So we didn't prioritize the acne in our conversation maybe, or maybe it's taking longer because of the gut health. But these are things our client needs to know and we need to go back over and discuss with them. Because if they're not improving the way they want to improve, is there also a barrier to improvement what is holding them back from improvement weight loss is a you know an a pretty obvious one for a conversation isn't it we have a client come in and they say they want to lose weight and so we start them off on whatever it might be diet changes it might be supplements whatever there is and for me it would also be hypnosis as well so we go through those things with them and then invariably they come back at some point, they'll say, oh, well, I went to a party and I did all the wrong things, so I couldn't be bothered the next day, so I just went back to my old eating habits, okay? So here we've got barriers. We've got barriers to change for our clients. They felt like a failure on that night. They went out and they now now feel like a failure, so they don't want to do it anymore. So this is a barrier that, yes, they have set up for themselves because they feel like a, a failure, but it's also for us as well to realize that we need to change the way we work. This client needs more interaction with us. This client needs more support from us. This client might need regular input from us, like you know weekly texts or um, you know telephone conversations with us. It might be we have to realign and change how we work with them because this client needs ongoing support and seeing us on an irregular or, um, or appointments that are spaced out too far just allows this person to feel like a failure more often than if we see them more often and we and we make sure that we're encouraging them more because we have to find their barriers so we all have desires don't we we all want to quit something do something change something and then something else will happen you know L plate so my daughter went for her L plate and she was going And all sorts of barriers jumped in our way. You know, the the office closes at 4.30. There wasn't a space you had to book in. All of these, so these are simple barriers in her actually getting that initial license, sitting there getting the exam written or the test, whatever it is written, which she failed the first time after we'd finally gotten around. She was so nervous by the time she got there, she failed the test. So we had to go away and we had to come back again and you have to wait. And all of these things make people feel like a failure, and that's just the example of it, getting your L plates. But these things go through life as well. So we have to figure out what are the challenges for this person. So for weight loss, it might be that they have, you know, four children. They're trying to lose weight, but meanwhile, they have to cook for four children, um, you know, and you're asking them to do perhaps a different meal for them. How are they going to juggle that in? How are they going to change cooking for those children? Or maybe they've got one fussy eater or um, children that have to be transported all over the place because there's four of them and so they have to be in four different places after school. You know, we need to look at what barriers to change they have and what they can do to achieve change and how we can help them achieve that change. So it might be our appointments are too far apart. It might be that we've asked them to do too much. It might be that they have, um, they're someone who says yes to everything and meanwhile they're not actually able to do all those things. So they're a yes person, so they've said yes, 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 I can do all those things and then they've not done them. So we really need to make sure that we have understood those barriers, that we are willing to change the goalposts for them. We are willing to change the timelines for them. We are willing to really look at, I mean, we see them for a longer period of time. You know, you're seeing them, maybe a follow-up's half an hour for you, um, they're 40 minutes for me because it includes, you know, I take the money and I rebook them. So all my follow-ups are 40 minutes, whereas an actual fact the appointment itself is only half an hour. That means do I need to see them more often? Should I have them in a program? Would a program help where they're getting regular emails from me? What, are the, what barriers are preventing them? And have I judged them or do they feel judged by me? all right so there's all sorts of things going on in the world right now and there's a lot of judging of other people going on right now and so are we does this person feel judged by us by social they already feel judged chances are by social media and everything else no matter what you've done you feel judged by social media don't you so When we look at their barriers, then we break down their barriers. We need to open up with them and talk to them about those barriers so that we can change the plan. So your plan has to be an ever-living object. It cannot be set in stone. Um, That's why I don't believe in long plans for people, like writing pages and pages of stuff and telling them about yourself, you know, why you... You know, why they're seeing a naturopath what your qualifications are they've already found you they already know you so and hopefully while you're with them they've seen your certificates and they know that you're accredited with an association so we don't need to you know, hand all that stuff out to them. We need a simple plan that can change and flow with the needs of our clients. So hopefully that's, you know, covered that first half of that question. The second half of that question is, when a client has unpleasant reactions after treatment? So this happens, right? I mean, I'm a herbalist. Herbs can taste pretty horrible. So I've had reactions where people just said, I can't drink that, Geraldine, it's horrible. And I've thought to myself, well, actually, that was one of the most mild um okay herbal mixes. I think I've ever made and you can't drink it so that's fine we'll swap it out for a capsule or tablet Um, but you have to have two or maybe even three to cover what was in that one bottle of herbs. I've had people um, so niacin flush I'm sure You've heard about niacin flushes. If you haven't given one to somebody already, a new product comes out. and You think, yep, this multi B looks amazing. It's got everything in it that I want. And, you know, really good levels of doses. And they have, it and, but it's not non-flushing. It's a flushing niacin. And so there's, we can change things, simple, simple things. So, you know, have it with food you know have it with breakfast don't have it on an empty stomach um you know the zinc and iron thing obviously we want our iron in the morning or it might be taken at night with dinner because they have a steak at dinner and not at breakfast but it's ready to go in the morning when the blood can uptake it because dinaural and all of those things so i'm the hip so nighttime they might be reacting to zinc mightn't they they might be having nausea with taking a zinc supplementation so we have to think to ourselves maybe that zinc goes at bedtime just before they put their head on the pillow then they'll be asleep they won't notice any nausea so things that are horrible tasting you may have to change the time of day you may have to put them with food. You may decide to massively reduce the dose. So like a herbal tincture, if they say, no, I can't do it. And you're like, well, you know, and then they say, well, no, I don't want to do three tablets. It's um, so okay, let's start drop dosing. Let's start really low dose and work up. And it might be that you your client is actually very successful on a low dose. I have a number of clients who are very successful, very low dosing with drop dosing with the herbs rather than the full, what you would consider a full herbal dosage. So we really need to think about time, um, the time of the day it's taken, what it's taken with, whether we can reduce the dose. And the other thing that's totally okay to do is if they've had a reaction to say, stop it for two days, just totally stop for two days and then maybe if you've given them more than one thing and they don't know what it is so let's stop everything for two days and then in two days time I want you to start on one of the items and see how you get on with it. Then when we know that one's good after um, two to three days we'll introduce the next one then if that's all good two to three days later with those two then we'll introduce the third one if you've given them three supplements for example. So it is okay people will react there are percentages the probably of course they're going to react to things you know natural medicine is natural but it's still medicine <laughs> the word is there medicine and so they're going to react in different ways um, we just have the luxury of having you know hundreds of different herbs to choose from and every problem having four or five at least five herbs to pick for each single problem so we know that we can change things up we can swap things about and um, with the supplements all of the companies make similar supplements that are slightly different. So we've got such a huge array of products in our arsenal that we can do what we like, but sometimes people will react and we just have to be ready for that. And it's not a case, yeah, yeah fine, you sound very sorry, but we can just change it up and they can still take those things. The, the other one, of course, is this herbal tincture doesn't taste like the last one you made me. No, but it's exactly the same thing, you haven't changed it, I don't want to accept, no, it tastes different because herbs are picked at different times of year, they're um, active ingredients, different farms they come from, there are different companies, I buy from four different um, herbal companies, so of course they're going to taste different, some are fresh tincture, some are dried, one is fresh and dried, so <laughs> so there's a huge array there that's going to change things as well. So I always say to people, we're just going to take our time, we're going to slow it down, we're going to take a couple of days off, then we'll reintroduce at a very low level and if there's more than one thing, we introduce those days apart so we know what's happening so I just thought I'd answer that one here on the podcast so I'm going to leave it now because you know it's bite-sized podcast and all that and I hope that you have an absolutely brilliant rest of day and um, if you've got any questions please let me know so Geraldine what is what is my email it's Geraldine at mentoringwithgeraldine.biz there we go I did know it and now you know it too so I really look forward to hearing from you soon bye Thanks so much for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.